Hello and welcome to Don't Forget Your Towel. This week heralds the beginning of a tale of friendship, horror, and vodka. We are delighted to bring you a playthrough of Shiver, a setting agnostic RPG that pays homage to the wonderful, pulpy, scary movies, TV shows, and stories such as The Thing by John Carpenter and The Fly by David Cronenberg. Not only that, but we are so very happy to be joined by the wonderful Charlie and Barney Menzies, the creators of this awesome RPG. Their Kickstarter for Shiver is currently live and they're already over 300% funded. It's amazing. We'll include the Kickstarter link in the episode description below. If pulpy movies is your kind of thing, or you want an RPG that focuses on roleplay, you should definitely check out their Kickstarter. Also, for those of you who caught the 24-hour Cares A Lot livestream that we participated in, thank you so, so much. It was a huge success for all of us, and we raised over $1,000 for Extra Life, an online grassroots movement working to save local kids through the power of play. And with that, dear listeners, let us begin. Get me out, there's something beneath the ice. Cold in the morning and cold at night I shiver At the sound of a gun I shiver At the sight of the sun Shivers up my spine when I hear secrets from you Shivers up my spine when I see a mutant or two I shiver I strength So today we're incredibly excited to be playing Shiver, a tabletop RPG with a system that brings stories that are reminiscent of good old pulp TV shows and scary movies to life. And what's more, we're joined by the RPG's creators, Barney and Charlie. Guys, we're super happy to have you here. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves and, you know, tell us what everything's all about? Sure. Uh, Hi, I'm Charlie Menzies and I'm the lead designer for Shiver. And I'm Barney Menzies. I'm the project sort of manager for Shiver and also the technical writer. And if um, you didn't guess, um, we are brothers, as we do get asked. Um, <laughs> what are I saw comments asking, like, are they a married couple? And I was a little bit worried. So I thought, <laughs> thought it would be, be good to clarify, we are brothers. Um, yes. You know, I was just thinking that, actually. I was yeah, like, really? oh, brothers are married. <laughs> yeah. It's a good game to play. When you see people out, brothers are married. There's some there's some weird bits of England, but we're not from those bits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brothers and married. Ooh, oh, I see. <laughs> Just to keep in mind, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to, to start off with, we took some time, all of us, to create some characters, and Charlie's going to be GMing for us. Um, do we all... I think it's a good time to go around the table just introducing our characters. Um, 
And yeah, unless you guys want to talk any more about the game or say anything in introduction. Yeah, so we we can we could do a quick um, sort of overview of, of Shiver, can't we? So um, we designed Shiver as a way for people to bring their favourite like movies and pulp TV and sort of scary stories to life on the tabletop. Um, as you can probably guess, if anyone's uh, had a look at Shiver in more detail, we're a pretty big film and TV nerds, um, and we love like old horror movies and 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 terrible B movies and things like that. And that's the kind of uh, games that we wanted to bring to life with Shiver um, that we were kind of trying to put together with other systems and just wanted to make something our own um, to to really get it to the table. Yeah, I've I've been a massive horror nut for such a long time and one of the things i kind of realized when kind of thinking about tabletop games that horror is such a broad church and can be set anywhere and with shiver we wanted to develop a system that was setting agnostic so you could play in medieval times as a bunch of peasants fighting a werewolf or you could be you know getting into a mech suit and punching an alien um in kind of the far flung future so in in terms of that that's kind of what we wanted to achieve to be able to develop a system that could allow people to tell any kind of story um kind of within that genre that's that's amazing and actually because i love you know surprising people with random questions what are our favorite you know pulp horror movies what are what are our favorite oh my god you know <laughs> kind of things i i can start off i i genuinely adore john carpenter's the thing and i think um, I, I heard from Barney as well that it's one of the, you know, big things from you guys as well. well it's def definitely in my top three. Yeah, yeah. How about you guys? What is the difference between pulp horror and other horror? <laughs> good question. <laughs> uh, it's a very good question, actually. Barney, Charlie, why don't you fill us in? <laughs> Just so I understand the question. <laughs> I think pulp, pulp generally lands in the more, like, adventurous old style kind of literature format um and is generally not taking itself too seriously um whilst oh, i think obviously as you're kind of right. when you're thinking about horror you have certain branches that are very serious or very gory or very dark and and aren't necessarily i would say the the most fun to play um in terms of kind of just the grimness of them um, but like, yeah, pulpiness mm. is where we usually land in our playstyle, anyway. Yeah. So, like, one of my favorite pulp movies is uh, the Brendan Fraser Mummy, yeah, uh, uh, which is just a phenomenal, terrible pulp horror movie because it is a <laughs> right. horror movie, but not in like a traditional scary sense. Yeah. 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 For, for me, from like the kind of the true British tradition of like the old Hammer horror movies, so like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee pairing up, being like kind of Dracula and Dr. Van Helsing or one of the many, right. many films that they Ooh. made. They have that sense of like campy fun to them, but they are still mm. horror. There's still blood, there's still gore, but it's mm. it, there's a certain charm to it, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. Does that answer mm. the question, Isabel, Aaron? Do you have movies? Yeah, I'm, now I'm just trying to think of what could yeah. fit into that category. Um, So it's, I wouldn't say it's like got that, you know, charm, that old school charm type of thing. And it's definitely not a classic, but it is adventure-y um, and gory. Um, do you reckon the boys would count as pulp horror? Because it's definitely adventure-y. <laughs> the TV show. Yeah, the TV show, The Boys. 
it's gory and it's adventury. The the pulp with the the boys for me is is kind of it's superhero it's satire really actually where I would yeah. truly land it um interestingly. Um but yeah, I think it it has that kind of tongue in cheek element towards mm. the superhero genre which I think lines up with certain elements of pulp definitely. Wow. And I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my answer. Nice. <laughs> It'll be a classic one day. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, well, I do really love, uh, like gothic horror, like, um, you know, classic like Dracula and Picture of Dorian Gray and all that stuff. Ooh. So, would you guys say that kind of counts in the pulpy horror? Oh, definitely. Well, it, it definitely falls underneath Shiver's umbrella. Um, we've, we've definitely been talking yeah. since kind of the success of the Kickstarter, talking more about potential avenues to go down and gothic horror is one that we're right. very interested in because it's one that like the universal mm. horror movies and like the original dracula um are very close yeah. to my heart so i think that's something we'll, we'll yeah. definitely be exploring and they're, more. they're also like because they're such classic stories there are one there are they are stories mm. that have been developed in pulpy ways so like the uh hugh jackman yeah, van helsing right. and things like that are like <laughs> oh. perfect examples of a classic story taken pulp yeah uh, right taken right. badly some might say i mean yeah. i love that movie it's fun but <laughs> Shall we? Uh, shall we move on to talking about some characters? Yes, Charlie. Yes, do you want to, to set the set the scene first, so that people know what our what's what sort of setting our characters are falling into? Yeah. So I can give. Shall I jump in and give you guys a little introduction to the story and the context that I've kind of given to all of you beforehand, and then we'll hear how what your characters are, and we'll get them placed in the story, and then kick off into the horror yeah. proper. Excellent. The floor is yours. Fantastic. So, the setup for the story is this. The USS Morningstar, a research icebreaker ship in the Arctic, has lost all communication with the outside world. Wanting to not lose on their investment, the US government briefs your team, an advanced group of military specialists, to conduct a recon mission to find out what has happened, and also recover the data drives on the ship, so precious research isn't lost. Little else has been revealed, questions about the research are answered with vague statements about alternative energy sources, your superior is telling you it shouldn't concern you. So your team now heads to Barrow, an isolated Arctic port town where they aim to meet a certain local who is going to be their guide through the icy seas to find the Morningstar. And you're all currently aboard a seaplane on your way to the isolated town of Barrow. So from our discussions from before, you were all, in some ways, parts of this military team. So if you would all like to um, introduce yourselves, uh, who would like to go first? I wonder. How about the hardened actual Everyone's soldier? to me. So. Yes. <laughs> so my character's name is Diana Johnson. She's a retired, a recently retired soldier. So she, she served, um, you know, 20 or so years with the military going on, you know, a lot of a lot of missions. She's pretty uh, like hardened uh, person, and she's been pulled out of retirement for this one last mission, and she's not very happy about it. Yeah, it it turned out you weren't too old for retirement. You were, just had one last job in yeah. you. I'm getting getting real Sarah Connor yeah. vibes actually. So that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to introduce like what archetype you decided to pick for your character? Yeah. So my archetype is survivor. So I'm guessing on the reasons you chose 
the survivor is as being a grizzled and hardened veteran that the survivor is mm. not necessarily aligned with one set of skills but has many skills in their arsenal to try and focus on the one main thing which is staying alive so definitely a very good person to have in the team yeah um so she's yeah she's someone that's been through a lot and has managed to survive this whole time and is pretty hardened by it uh her background i've gone with goon <laughs> so <laughs> it's very like um fighting oriented aggression oriented yeah uh and her fear is failure I mean, it makes sense because failure would kind of equal death in a lot of situations. <laughs> it's interesting. It doesn't specifically fear death, but just knows that failure will probably be the consequence of it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's probably going to be sitting apart from everyone else, just kind of like by herself. And she's just, she's just sitting there um, kind of like, hmm don't have a good feeling about this like i don't really want to be here right now it's quite amazing in this rust bucket seaplane you've managed to carve out a section of space for yourself and you give off that aura to people of like i should maybe you know like you really bring a whole new meaning to social distance as a character Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i've just got a two meter radius (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely. So, uh, my character's name is Z7X56, Z for short. Gosh, is is Elon Musk your father? (laughs) (laughs) Well, a funny story. He doesn't, um, Z doesn't really remember much of what happened in his past because of all the experiments that the military has done to him. So he thinks, for example, on a Tuesday, he thinks that his parents were killed in a particular alleyway while um, being mugged in a city called... um, Botham and <laughs> but on Wednesdays it's completely different he was brought to like a Kansas farm you know and was taken care of like by two very nice old individuals so he really doesn't know what, what's going on uh, in his past yeah. um, right. but he's so he's the weird archetype um, which I suppose do you guys want to tell us what the weird archetype was yeah so the weird archetype is pretty much any character that crosses that line of what we would kind of consider normal in terms of magical powers transforming into a werewolf, anything eldritch or a little bit weird or off-kilter, that character is embodied um, by the weird and gets access to all kinds of terrifying powers, which also have an intrinsic link to the Doom Clock and making the situation potentially worse. So it's a very interesting balance between powerful chaos and um, potentially bringing doom down upon yourselves. Z's definitely going to be bringing some doom down on everyone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... Uh, he's of the um, possessed background, and he has a intense fear of claustrophobia, you know, because he's been spending his most of his life in a small padded room. And so it kind of heralds back to his not-so-good times. 
Um, he's currently kind of hiding in the corner of the um, plane. He's probably in a fetal position, um, just trying to make himself as small as possible um, because no one, I don't think anyone knows. Yeah, he's, I was just yeah. going to ask because uh, he stowed away, didn't he? So do we do we know that he's there yet or? I don't, uh, I suppose I'll have to, you know, direct this question to Charlie, but I don't think anyone knows yet at least. No, I think from, from our previous discussion is um, a brief snippet, if you will, of what happened before is previously at the experimental facility you encountered another character who's on this plane one who with your psychic powers you reached out to and took control of and got you to carry disguised in a bag onto this plane where he was awaited for a mission and i think we can introduce that character next as it is our own resident scientist uh, professor julius pontwhistle if you would like to introduce yourself and you have now forgotten um, since being Jedi mind tricked by Z, um, you have now sat down and you're ready to do your mission, and the memory of it is gone. Um, you just think you walked over to the plane and got on it. Well, yes, um, I, I'm not sure that it's actually, I wouldn't really consider it a mission, more of a research trip. Uh, my name is uh, Professor Julius Pontwhistle, and um, uh, I'm, I'm here as the scientific advisor on this trip. Um, I've been sent by the US government to uh, contract me to do various uh, various research for them in a, in a scientific kind of vein. Um, and uh, yes, well, I, I'm, I'm here to advise on, uh, on, on, on that particular aspect and just to uh, make sure that all of the data uh, is, is recovered. And Julius Pontwhistle is the reason why we can't escape some of the British stereotypes that we have upon our culture. <laughs> Thank you, Barney. Um, <laughs> but yes, fantastic. So, so Barney's playing a scholar um, and the scholar is your intelligent archetype. So they're fascinated um, with knowledge or gathering clues or investigating and also tend to skew towards um, working with machinery or medical equipment. So if you're bleeding profusely, Dr. Julius Pontwhistle is probably the guy you're going to need to go to. However, be wary, he might try and inject you with something that's a little bit experimental as well. So it's, you know, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a fifty-fifty split of whether it's gonna be no, no, like no, positive. No, no need for slander, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's getting really Boris. It's very good. <laughs> we're, we're sort of like halfway between Boris and David Attenborough. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now see here. Here we have a, here we have a, a failed experiment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, but last but not least, Izzy, would you like to introduce your character? Hi, I'm Michaela. Um, I just joined the army pretty recently. I didn't really know what else to do. So, yeah, the army seemed like a good choice. Um, I'm not really sure how I got here. I just kind of got woken up and told to come to the plane. I'm not sure if they meant me or Michael Stone. Because there's, there's a Michael Stone here as well. I'm Michaela Stone. So any relation or <laughs> no? Um, no relation. He's a decent person. He's, but I, I've never really spoken to him. He seems nice, but he's a lot more senior than I am. So I wonder if this was meant to be him on this trip and not me. But you know, I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to help where I can. Uh, the professor seems really cool and really nice. So I'm probably gonna, you know, sit by him and see if I can soak up some wisdom. I love it so much. Wow. Um. Isabel, did you want to tell us your archetype? Oh, yes, I'm the fool. Yeah. <laughs> so the fool, the fool in Shibbert is an archetype that is quite strange in the sense that it ultimately revolves around how lucky you are as a character. So 
in Michaela Stone's example, in terms of how she's actually even ended up on this mission, is through a strange set of chances of the wrong bit of paperwork being signed, something being stamped by somebody else, and her being transferred between different departments, and strangely failing upwards. She has now found herself on a plane on an extremely covert mission with about the same amount of experience as an intern. Yeah, and I'm only 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's concerning. Just, just, just thrilled to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. And I think I should introduce the last member of your group, who is your team leader, a grizzled, level-headed man with a couple of scars going through one eyebrow. And this is Captain Russell. Um, he's a gruff sort, generally pretty experienced from kind of what you've gathered. None of you have worked with him before, um, but some of you who have kind of worked within the agency know of him, and he has a very good reputation for success, as it were, and kind of bringing a, bringing the target home. So yeah, so he is also sat amongst you all as well, um, kind of checking over his gear. I think, yeah, before we kind of kick off proper, sorting out your gear is going to be a good idea, so we can mm. do that now. And part of this is going to be through some character questions. Ooh. So, Diana. Yes. Do you see yourself more as a as a long-range fighter or are you more of a up-close and personal kind of gal? Hmm. Um, I definitely think Diana would um, be able to do both, but I think her preference would be for long-range. For long-range. Okay, so I think that means we will be giving you a rifle and I'll drop that um, in the chat just now. Um, I think... As you are a rookie, Michaela, um, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a pistol, because um, that is the basic amount of training that you've had so far, is with a pistol. Um, oh, yay. And what, and what about the good doctor? What would the good doctor have? Well, I, I don't need anything other than my sparkling wits, my my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will probably uh, have a, a sort of pack of scientific tools, let's call them. So like a, a medical kit and um, maybe uh, some sort of... Uh, not like an iPad, but like a uh, some some stuff to interface with technology. Oh, okay. um, yeah. But like in in terms of weaponry, zip diddly squat. I have no weapons. <laughs> All he's got is his, his wits and his mitts, yeah, uh, which that's, is, that's, is. Oh, actually, no. Yeah. I I would like to have an umbrella. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'll, 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 I, I I don't have an umbrella status for in the game, but I'll make one up on the fly because it's. I, I can tell you for free, it's not going to do much damage. Um, <laughs> not with that attitude. It's not. <laughs> Colin Firth can do a lot with an umbrella. Hey. <laughs> that umbrella does have special things, though. <laughs> <It's not laughs> heavy machine gun. Who is the heavy machine gun? Oh. Is it me? The, he the heavy machine gun I've given to Diana. Really? <laughs> I get the heavy machine gun. <gasps> I want a heavy machine gun. You can't have it. <laughs> so that has a special skill called spray and pray, which I'm sure you can have a lot of fun with. Um, spray and pray! I'd be good with a machine gun. <laughs> so that there are other items and bits, obviously, that you'll kind of get as we go through, um, that you can kind of pick up or equip as we go through. But I think just having something so you can defend yourselves to begin with um, is fine. And Z... <laughs> A lot of your skills are, are generally weaponized anyway, and I don't. And as you've just escaped, I don't think you would have 
have a weapon. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I don't think so either. If, if anything, I'd probably have a straight jacket on. You've got the loose flaps of the straight jackets. You can bedazzle your enemies yep. and wave it and disappear. I can use that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Um, I just wanted to check what we know going into the mission. I know nothing. You know nothing? Yeah. I don't think I'm meant to be here. Z, Z is clueless because he's escaped. I think Michaela is clueless for an entirely different reason. But however, <laughs> the good doctor uh, and you, Diana, know this. The USS Morningstar is a research vessel uh, that is wrapped up in secrecy it's something that's talked about a lot and people kind of the wink and the nod but generally what actually has been going down on that ship and the reason the research is being done on the ship highlights how clandestine it is in nature and the fact that something has gone wrong is making everyone at the agency very very nervous um this has been assigned top priority um but obviously does not want they do not want the team to bring attention to the scenario because one somebody's messed up big time which does not look good for the government and two they don't want anybody knowing about this they don't want anyone to discover what they're up to including you guys in a way it's pretty much very much a hush hush go in there get the data drives look for survivors come home and report and that's pretty much all you've got to go on brilliant i'll tell you what actually roll a hearts check for me to see what gossip you've heard in the agency um even me yeah i'm gonna say i'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna say every, everybody can so to roll a hearts check so what you're looking for on your sheet everyone will have a core skill level uh, which is the top number and everyone will have a talent level um within hearts now none of you are socialites so i doubt any of you're gonna have a talent die within it but what it, what it is, is is if you've got your skill level and your talent level the numbers that are in there correspond to how many dice types you roll so if you've got three skill core skill points for example you'll roll three dice and if you had three core skill points and two talent points you'd roll three um uh, skill die which are our d6 dice which have a symbol on each size and then you'd roll two talent die which are our d8 dice uh, with uh, differing symbols um, on them and what you're looking for there is the symbol that correlates with hearts which is a heart if you're rolling with a talent die um then that gives you means you're looking for the star which is a success symbol for um any symbol that isn't strange because it represents the other five symbols apart from strange oh and we are using the convenient shiver online dice rolling system <laughs> wonderful <laughs> okay so i just click the heart yeah just click the heart um, yeah, so I got uh, no successes. I got a wit and a luck. Okay. I got a bunch of symbols. <laughs> Did you get a heart? That's the key thing. No, I got one strange, though. Yeah, ah. you got a strange, a grit, and a wit, I believe. Fantastic. So, Erin, yes. to start with you first, um, Diane, Diane rolled a luck. Um, so you didn't get a success. You got pulled into the bureau and you had your head down and you weren't really listening to any of the gossip. No time for that. You're on a mission. Then you're back yeah. to retirement, back to the cabin in the woods. But as you rolled a luck, you can bank a luck if you so wish. Yay. Um, I will. Which means that you can expend that on a later roll um, and you kind of declare it before you roll. And that allows you to add an extra skill die um, into there. And you can do that on the app as well. Michaela, on the other hand, 
rolled a strange and also failed the roll. And what that means is, is that the doom clock ticks up by one minute as you rolled one strange symbol. Oh, I'm just going to note that down there. So to explain the doom clock quickly, so when you fail a roll and you roll any strange, for every strange symbol that's present, the doom clock will tick up by one minute for each symbol. Now, having a weird in your party can exacerbate this even further because their skills have a tendency to tick up the doom clock a little bit faster. Oh, yes. So it's a 60-minute clock, and when we hit quarter past, something bad's going to happen. When we hit half past, something worse is going to happen. When we hit quarter two, it's going to get pretty dicey, and when it hits midnight, it will be mildly apocalyptic, I can assure you. (laughs) So choose your roles wisely. And think carefully, and don't and don't spam rolls yeah. because if you if you keep failing, uh, Doom's going to keep a ticking. Alrighty. Cool. And um, Z, did you roll any hearts? I did. I got one success, one heart. Excellent. So, you have a vague memory as you hear the people chatting on the seaplane amongst themselves about the mission and the clandestine nature of it, and you remember as the scientists kind of forget that you're someone who's listening into them as your test subject. He's never going to get out of here, which you've proven them wrong on. Uh You remember them wittering about this experiment, about the USS Morningstar, and saying that it was a bit of an extreme step to take after the failure of the USS Philadelphia. I see. Okay. (laughs) The web of intrigue grows. And that's that's what you remember with one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Alrighty. Did our doctor friend roll any hearts? I, I, well, I, 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 I rolled my hearts check and I, I rolled hearts and uh, two spots. Um, so I, I, I have heard many things, but uh, I am uh, under my contract with the US government bound to secrecy uh, and uh, have not been disclosing any information about my work or uh, work pertaining to the project because uh, it's, it's top secret, don't you know? Mum's the word. Of course, yeah. For some reason, the Bureau decided to hire the most British man ever. Uh, <laughs> for science, nonetheless. They heard his, his accent and were like, he must be smart. <laughs> the British quota. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We're the American military, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I assumed. So, spo- spoiler alert British accent does not equal intelligence, we can assure you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you are all on this seaplane, and you hear the seaplane's propellers begin to chug to a halt as you swoop down into the icy water below and you pull up to a rickety wooden pier and your team alights wrapped in your warm thermal military garb. Up at the end of the pier, a decrepit sign barely reads, Welcome to Barrow. The rest of the sign's paint is worn away by wind or covered in snow or frost. Beyond the sign you see a cluster of worn wood clad buildings sitting semi-buried in the snow entrenched in the ground, cowering from the icy wind. So I'm assuming that all the military personnel, including your captain, uh, Captain Russell, will be alighting from the plane. However, Z, what would you like to do? I'll probably, I mean, it's quite cold, so I'm going to pop my head out of the bag that I'm in (laughs) and look around the plane. Do I see anything that could make my situation a bit less cold? Yeah, you see um, an older-style military garb, like a really big, long, fluffy parka with a huge, fluffy, ruffled neck. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get that. And um, is anyone else inside the plane at the moment, or has everybody left? So, so everyone's alighted onto the pier. Um, 
currently okay. and taking their equipment out. So you're by yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit jittery given the cold and just not knowing what's been going on. So I'd probably just try to escape the first chance I got trying to leave the plane without knowing that everybody else is probably outside. Okay, cool. So, so are you donning this wintry parka and, and putting it on? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah, so you, you don your wintry parka, you pull up the hood... And are you going to try and make a break for it? Is, is, is that your decision? Yeah, just escape from the plane and run away in the first direction that I okay. can see. So barefooted, you dash out of the plane onto the pier. Roll a wit check for me. Are you wearing a straight jacket? Because you mentioned before that you were... I am wearing a straight jacket underneath the, I suppose, parka now. <laughs> okay, so you, you, you managed <laughs> you to move your like, oh, get not... the parka on it, with it's... the... I'm wearing it, but it's not like tightened around me because I escaped. So you're just wearing it as like a fashion choice. Just a really long sleeve t shirt. I see. <laughs> yes. Um, a wit check, did you say? Uh, yes. That is one success and two smarts. Okay, you dive out of the seaplane and you only just keep your footing on the icy surface. However, by keeping your footing, you do make some noise and gain the attention of the group at the head of the pier. So everybody else in the group, you turn around and you see a small figure at the end of the pier wearing a parka with exposed legs and bare feet and the length of a straight jacket coming out of the sleeves of this very large oversized coat. It's a bit Obi-Wan and the Sand Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> did did we miss somebody on the head count? Hold on. One, two, three, four. Two. Who? I oh, immediately hey, get my gun out. Like hands up. I, I I immediately raise my hands up, and I think I lose my footing as well <laughs> and fall down. Oh, uh, yes, hands up, and I also point my pistol at him. <laughs> just taking. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! D- don't shoot! Don't shoot! It's just it's 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 um. Who are you? What are you doing here? Uh, uh, I, I point at the professor and say, Doc, y- y- you can help me. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. I'm, 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 with, I'm, with, I'm with the doctor. You know this guy? So when, uh, when I lost my memory about loading Z onto the plane, um, have I also lost my memory of him from the experiments? Or have I... I'll tell you what, I'm going to roll a smart... I'm going to roll a check and see if I remember anything. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so I fail and I get strange. So tick, tick that clock up. Uh, so I, I'm going to say that the professor doesn't remember you at all. You've done... So, you've, you've completely wiped his memory of you. So it's like... <laughs> um, uh, my boy, I, 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 I seem to fail to remember your face. Uh, could you remind me of your name? Oh, barnacles. Uh, it, it, it's me, Doc. Uh, Z7X56, you know? Good old Z? Yeah? Yeah, Doc? Good old yeah? Z. Good old Z. Mm. Mm. Now let me think. Z, 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 Z. Mm. No, I'm, I'm afraid I'm still not remembering anything. Um, do, wh- where do I know you from? You uh, poked and prodded in my insides just last Tuesday, you know. On the Thursday, you poked and prodded on somebody else's insides. But, I mean, we're friends, you know. You've seen inside me. I long to see inside you. Do you mean mean to see that you're from the laboratory? You're one of the subjects? That's right. The the lab, that's what they they used to call it. how, How the devil did you get on the plane? Funny story. Um, you know, I think... Uh, once upon a time, 
there were two. I mean, you just you know, I you you brought me here、Jesus. and then you fell asleep.、Uh, I I look to the to Captain Russell, and I say, "You want me to shoot him? Don't shoot me." I don't think that's going to be entirely necessary. And with a raised eyebrow, he strides over to you and crouches down to your prostrate form on the icy pier. He goes, "Listen, son, I'm going to be up front with you here." We don't have time to fly you back. I don't have any way to secure you and make sure that you don't run away. So the best option is going to be coming with us. And also, he looks at your feet that are already turning very blue. If you come along with me, I'll make sure you get a good pair of shoes and a hot meal. How's that sound? That's that's all I've ever wanted to hear all my life, sir. <laughs> well, looks like you're part of the team. And he holds out a hand for a. To help you up, sli- slash predator style handshake.、Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, without a moment's doubt, I, I take it. I lower、Neat. my gun. Great. He he helps you up and then the, steps briefly back onto the onto the seaplane and rummages around and gets out two larger kind of fluffy,、um, kind of heavy duty snow boots、um, for you to slip on. And says, "Put these on for now, so your feet don't stick to the ice. And we'll see if we can acquire some、um, leggings for you in town." <laughs> Boy, this is the best thing that my feet have felt in a long time. <laughs> if this is the best thing that's happened to you in a long time, I really worry for the rest of your life, son.、Um, and kind of claps you on the back. <laughs>、um, I think Z's like, like kind of malnourished enough when the captain pats me on the back. He just kind of just lurches forward. <laughs> How about you go、um, walk with the good doctor up there、um, and see if you can jog his memory even further? You know, I'm gonna decline kindly, sir.、Um, I've I've had enough poking and prodding in my insides for what day is it today? Wednesday is it? Or or Thursday? You can walk with me, newbie. I'll show you the ropes. Yeah, that sounds good, sir. And on your bequest. Yeah, new new recruits should stick together. I think you two will make a fine pair.、Uh, off you off you go now.、Um, and he ushers you towards Michaela. Yeah. So, are you like a bionic man? Yeah, you know my my. I was a basketball、um, player one time, and then I went. I had an accident, and my father, so single father, decided to make me into half human, half android thing. And then a guy called、uh, Bobbin recruited me into his team. And the professor's been doing that for you. Oh right,、um, no, he, I, yeah, that just happened recently. You know.、Yeah. Did you guys、which、be quiet? Yes, ma'am. So which half of you is bionic? Is it the left half or the right half? It's the top half. <sighs> <laughs> And you continue to talk, following after the good doctor, who is. Already got distracted and making his way up the pier into the snow, and Diana, before you follow on behind them,、um, Captain Russell catches your arm, says, "I need you to keep an eye on that kid. He's evidently an experiment from the labs, and although things to be hunky dory for now, you know what comes out of those labs. You understand what I'm saying here, sir. I understand what you're saying. Should we really be taking him along on this mission? We've already got one liability." I'd argue we potentially have two, but we will see. <laughs> However, we don't have a place to secure him. The seaplane is 
no place to put him, and I don't want to get into the whole thing of an experiment hijacks a government plane and flies it over an enemy country. God, the PR alone, we will all be fired or in jail, or potentially even worse. Of course. So, he comes with us, he might be useful, but if he gets dangerous, if he puts a foot wrong, put a bullet in him. Yes, sir. Understood. Good. Right. So is your skull the bionic part, or is it your brain? <laughs> and fades to black. <laughs> right, let's go find our guide. Um, he said he was going to meet us in the, the local, they call it a pub. Um, <laughs> and uh, you begin making your way up towards the town of Barrow. I'm, I'm at the front. I'm at the front of the pier now, as I uh, sort of striding, uh, planting my umbrella as I go into the snow. I say, "Time is of the essence. No, no time to waste. I think I can see a pub." <laughs> <laughs> and right, indeed, you do see a pub. The streets are pretty empty as you start making your way through Barrow, but smoke does seem to be rising from a chimney of one of the buildings, and swinging in the wind above a door is indeed a pub sign with icicles hanging long and sharp from it and you see a carved polar bear at its centre. This is the pub The White Bear, where you will meet your guide. Do you like to go inside? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite far ahead uh, as, the, as the professor and I, I'm just going to sort of already cold from being outside of the seaplane, which I can't imagine was very warm anyway. Uh, I'm just going to open the door straight into the, the White Bear uh, can I, and, um, I don't know how far behind I am, but if I can, I would love to, like, run up um, and try to catch up with the professor and put my hand on the door to stop him going in. I'm, I'm going to say yes, ju- just just as um, Professor Julius Pontwistle is about to boot the door open, <laughs> um, your hand slams in front of him, um, preventing him from entering. Uh, is, is, is there some kind of problem? What are you, an idiot? We need to go and scout the location first. It's, it's just a pub. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not to worry, I'm on it. Stand aside. No. I... <laughs> it's not just a pub. This is an extremely dangerous mission. Do you know what we've gotten ourselves into? Well, um, yes, science and research and all that, but, um... I mean, you, I, I, uh, this is a military expedition after all, so and, and please, please do take the lead. And I'll, I'll step aside and I won't try and open the door again. And I'll, I'll, I'll wait for... Thank you. Everyone, wait here. And I'll just, like, edge the door open with my gun up and go in. I'm going to follow right afterwards, like not even a moment's notice, just right afterwards. <laughs> yep, and I will too. I'm following... I'm following Z's lead here. Captain Captain Russell um, follows you in as well, Diana. And you, as you peer around the door yeah. and poke in with a gun, you find the typical quiet murmuring of ragtag groups of locals murmuring and talking over pints, a warm flyer glowing, um, and a large burly bartender with a big, thick, white, bushy beard and mane of white hair polishing a glass. But in the typical local style of pubs when somebody enters a pub with a gun raised the pub goes very quiet (laughs) (laughs) and everybody looks at you um i'm gonna 
shout out, Yo, Barkeep, could I, could I get as much vodka as you can? He's going to pay. And I pointed the professor. He's British. He's got all the money you need. <laughs> roll, roll a hearts check for me, Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That is a fail with uh, two smarts and a grit. Two smarts and a grit. So you, you, you shout this, almost trying to lighten the tone, but the silence still persists. And um, uh, Captain Russell kind of puts his shoulder in and goes in and goes whoa, whoa whoa and it kind of reaches out and grabs your gun dan make sure sure it's lowered um kind of far enough it's like um just here to to meet a guide and and maybe have a drink is all um uh everyone please uh go about your business we wouldn't want to uh disturb disturb your good evening as it were oh drink sounds like a splendid idea uh and I, i'm gonna go and place myself at the bar and say barkeep barkeep um uh, it's a, a warming drink for me and my compatriots here, please. Um, once again, I'm I'm gonna go and just like slam my hand down on the bar <laughs> beside him, <laughs> and I'm gonna say, "You should really keep your wits about you." Uh, well, yes, uh, I I just thought a, a warming tipple might do us all good before we set out on the icy icy path that we're about to walk. Yes, I do my best thinking drunk. <laughs> me too, my girl. Me too. <laughs> And, and and don't worry about you know keeping our wits. The professors, I mean, the doc's got it. You know, he he he'll take care of us if that means poking us in the insides or not poking us in the insides. He's he's got a level head. Also, a lot of alcohol. So I mean, really good alcohol. I'm gonna throw Captain Russell a very alarmed look. This is this is not the crew that Diana was expecting. <laughs> Cap- Captain Russell looks at the rest of the team and goes like. You do realize we're working and drinking on the job, generally one with firearms, is relatively frowned upon, no matter how cold it is, Doctor. Well, you may have a firearm, but I do not. So uh, I think I am perfectly within my rights. I don't either. That's very true. Um, but Z, I have very I c- good aim inebriated. Z and Michaela, I'm unsure if you're actually even of legal age to purchase a drink within this bar, so I feel like that rules you out oh, yeah. entirely. And Doctor? A professor, Professor, actually. Professor, whatever, whatever your damn title is, let me remind you that you're also the medical officer on this mission. If you're going to put a damn syringe in my arm, you better not be having the wobbles from having too much of a tip, will you hear me? Oh, very well. Um, uh, Barkeep, a cup of tea, please. And um, would, uh, would you hurry up and find our guide, Captain? I'm going to lean over to Z and say, are we still in America? I don't think so. The same Kansas, I know that much for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see, uh, Captain Russell leans over the bar and goes, um, Barkeep, do you know um, where we can find a man by the name of Yuri? And um, the barkeep kind of glares at him and the long line of you taking up his bar space um, and slams down a, the grimiest cup of tea you have ever seen. Um, in front of um, prof- uh, in front of the professor, and then nods over to a pool table, um, kind of lit by some yellow fluorescent lights, and gives you a grunt. And you see there is a uh, bedraggled, bearded man in fisherman's garb, um, seemingly playing a game of pool by himself. Um, I'm just gonna walk over, but like not directly to him. I'm more like gonna sort of banana around him and give him like a 
like a scope out. I want to see how like how good his pool game is and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, is that an actual term, banana around somebody? It's very graphic. I can see it. I can see it. It was a very good description. <laughs> if, if, Thank you. If the military's not using it, it's their loss, is all I'm saying. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, Diana, you you diligently scout ahead and banana around the kind of wooden struts and pillars. <laughs> um, observing this man's pool game, and you get a little bit of a closer look at him, he's wearing a thick almost um, kind of oily leather um, kind of fisherman's garb that's a dark green. It was a dark blue, thick, woolly hat that looks like it possibly has been knitted by himself or a not very skilled relative and has a kind of thick, raggedy beard, um, not as well kempt as the bartender, and a slight wild look in his eye as he begins lining up his other shots and saying, ah, yes, and now time for the next trick shot. And he lines it up, lets it fly, and does a bizarrely elaborate trick shot that actually works. Mm. And then he chuckles to himself and goes, <laughs> and picks up a pint glass. That is filled with a clear liquid, which you'd think was water, but you have a very strong suspicion that it's definitely not. Mm. Okay, um, I'm going to approach him then, and I'm going to say, good shot. However, I prefer my guides not to be intoxicated. Well, if you want the use of my bolt and my knowledge, and he lines up another shot and pits three balls at once, I have my own methods for making sure that I know the ice well, and keeping warm in my belly and in my mind is definitely a way to do that. I like this guy already. <laughs> With a bunch of alcoholics. <laughs> We're just cold, okay? And uh, Captain Russell wanders over and says, It's, um, I mean, I'm assuming you must be Yuri then, and I must agree with my lieutenant here that, um, I would prefer you good and clear, um, with your operating your boat. Um, I'm sure everyone here would agree, I would hope. Yeah, I mean, l- let me, let me take the glass off of you, you know? Let's, <laughs> let's keep you sober. And I try to. Gesture. Roll a heart check for me to see if you can convince Yuri to part him with his extremely strong spirits. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Why do I have a bad feeling about this? And it's a one, one success with a luck and a wit. You seem a little bit on the young side. However, my first tipple was when I was eight. So here you go. Um, and, he, and he hands you the I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I grin at Yuri and just say, Prost! And <laughs> down it. As you're about to raise it to your lips, the captain goes, nope, and then just picks, it, picks it up and puts it back down on the pool table. <laughs> you can you can see Z's like shocked face just with his hand still holding nothing. <laughs> just like... <laughs> y- y- Yuri looks at you and says, don't worry, I have further drinks on boat. <laughs> Private supply. If Z could ever look somebody with like love in his eyes... He's looking at Yuri with love in his eyes. Oh, we know who's adopting him at the end of this story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So um, Yuri says, well, I guess you are the group of Americans who wishes to use my boat to traverse the Arctic to find the boat that you have all managed to lose in our um, beautiful icy expanse. Are you ready to go? Yes. Hey, keep it down, will you? Yeah, it's called the Philly, right? (laughs) I say. What? Loudly. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, do not worry. Like these people are more drunk than I am. They will probably not forget the past week uh, tomorrow morning. I, I look around. Is is that an accurate summation? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yuri probably seems the most trashed out of all of them. <laughs> okay. Then I'm gonna say, let's say we take this conversation outside. Hit the road. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Step out into the cold. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm actually in favor of staying in here, guys. But sure, let's let's go outside. Don't give me alcohol. Let's let's go outside. Just be grateful you're even here. Yes, ma'am. Outside is cold. There is no fire. There is no bulls. But of course, if you have privacy you would want, then by all means, let us head out into the tundra. Um, and as he says that, you hear a ear-piercing scream. <laughs> from outside the pub. Oh, God. Would you like to all roll a wit check ah, yes, for me? the local fauna. <laughs> Lovely. Um, hey, I have a question. How do the talent roles work? Like, if you have a talent in a certain area, do you add it to your normal role or is that a separate thing? So if you have an ability that adds, like, plus one talent die, um, then you'd add that on top of your your base stats that you already have. So if you've got, like... Five and one is a typical array. If it's a skill that you're really good at for wit, for example, um, then mm. if you then had a skill that says plus one talent die, you'd then roll an extra talent die on top of that. So you'd roll two. Okay. Gotcha. I got um, a heart and two grits and no successes. I got the exact same roll. <laughs> I have one success. Uh, lucky because I got three strange and one smarts. I also have a success. So you're very lucky you managed to get a success. So you pass your check and you do not incur the wrath of the Doom Clock. However, you hear a very large growling and ruckling from outside that you recognise to probably be coming from a bear and knowing the area is probably a polar bear. What? Polar bears don't eat humans, right? Not unless they're provoked. <laughs> Does it sound like a human scream or like a animalistic scream? It's a human scream. <laughs> oh, okay. I think we should probably stay in here. So it's anyone who passed the witch check could hear the bear, right? Yeah, hear the bear. Okay. Mm. So, uh, uh, oh, well, a, a bear, a, a polar bear. I've, I've always wanted to see a polar bear in the wild. So just, <laughs> we should maybe go and maybe just have a quick peek. Um, Captain Russell um, kind of cocks his shotgun and says, uh, maybe we should... Try and be of some assistance here. Uh, see if we can scare it off. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> With all due respect, sir, are you sure that's wise? We have our priorities here. It's very true, but at the moment our priorities lie outside this pub, and outside this pub a polar bear stands in our way. We could wait it out. I'm sure I can scare it off with my waving, and I start, like, waving my hands, and the straitjacket things just go all over the place. I don't think you could, son, because that's just damn adorable. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wow, okay. It's getting hot in here. I ship it. Diana, I don't know if this sits well with you, but um, I'm not about to sit here in a pub, having a quiet pint, listening to a man be torn apart by a three-ton bear. I do have earplugs. I don't know how to respond to that. That solves the problem. Uh, yeah, Diana just ignores that comment um, and kind of like sighs like she doesn't really want to risk her life out there. But yes, sir, I understand. 
Let's move out. Ozimush! And, you, and you reaches underneath the pool table and pulls out an archaic-looking harpoon gun and heads over to the door. <laughs> <laughs> Do not worry. Bear problem is surprisingly common. <laughs> and kicks open the door. <laughs> I think Z follows Yuri, like, starry-eyed. I'm also going to follow with my pistol out in front of me. I'm going to follow with my machine gun out and and captain russell um takes up the rear looks up to the back of the pub and of uh, the kind of terrified looking patrons and be um uh, thank you for your hospitality and um shuts the door <laughs> hold on a minute wait for me uh, <laughs> oh, i wait. just need to finish my tea <laughs> <laughs> the professor's still inside uh, i take one sip of my tea that tastes like dirt <laughs> spit it out on the bar <laughs> oh gray Genius. Cool. So you all head outside, um, and in the courtyard outside the white bear, you find a white bear, um, but it is much bigger than the one on the side. It is absolutely huge, and it's currently tossing um, a screaming man around like a ragdoll. Um, the bear also appears to have been previously injured, and there is some blood um, on its fur, and it appears to be quite enraged. So, what I'm going to say is, is we're going to jump into combat, but because the bear is distracted, currently mauling somebody else, um, you guys are going to get the drop on it. So the way that combat works in Shiver is that we don't uh, roll or anything for combat um, initiative or anything like that. Combat is broken into three states. You're either first, you're middle, or you're last. And that is all defined by the story context and kind of what's happening. So in this, the bear's distracted, you've kicked open the door, um, and you're kind of heading outside to kind of light it up with your kind of guns and things. Um, so you guys are going to go first, um, then the bear is going to go in the middle, and the guy on the floor, being mauled, is going to go last. Um, because he's Makes sense. very disadvantaged in this situation. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so within that, you guys get to decide your own order um, within the kind of grouping of first. So who would like to go first? What would you like to do? Um, what is Yuri doing? Um, Yuri, Yuri is currently winching back um, his ancient harpoon gun, um, loading a very savage-looking bolt um, into it and getting it ready to fire. And Christ. just going like... Even by our standards, this is quite a big bear. Um, <laughs> I think it would make sense for us to go kind of in the order that we left the pub. So I guess that that would be Yuri. And then what order did people come out of the pub? Yeah, Z went in right afterwards. Well, I was wondering if I could, I mean, I don't know if this would be count as an action or, or what, but if I could go and try to pull Z back <laughs> yeah. from there and just kind of shove him like to the end of the line so in in a in a combat turn you have um three different types of action so you've got a, an a interact an attack and a move so if you want to grab z and kind of move him and, and shove him back to kind of defend him and, and kind of get him out of the way of your big heavy machine gun yeah. that'd be an interact because you're not dealing any damage and then if you want to attack with your gun that's going to be an attack and if you want to make a movement or kind of move around and try and flank the bear in, then a, that, in a banana kind of action in a banana kind of action then that is going to be that, that will be <laughs> so yeah so if you'd like to do that um yeah can i do that or is does he have an action before that um so i'm, I'm gonna say we, we can let you go first as i think diane is definitely showing that she has got the sharpest initiative of the bunch and is definitely the least intoxicated so roll a grit check for me to grab z by the scruff of the right. neck 
lift him up and place him behind you and it's not going to be too difficult so don't worry <laughs> oh well that's zero uh i got two luck one smarts and one heart ah so when you roll two luck on a roll you can smash the two together and you can do one of two things with them you can either minus a minute from the doom clock or you can turn it into a single success for what you're trying to roll on okay uh yeah i'll just turn it into a success <laughs> doom so you're your, your luck smashes together and, and forms a grit and you pick uh, Ziop by the back of the neck like a disobedient kitten and put him behind you um, clearing your line of fire at the polar bear uh, what would you like to see next? beautiful um, yeah Is do I have a clear shot of the polar bear? Uh, yes you've now cleared a path beautiful I'm just going to start firing and I'll fire a few rounds off okay yeah um, so if you want to roll your attack so on your weapon, your heavy machine gun, it will have a uh, core skill that's associated with it. So when you make an attack with a weapon, ah. you're rolling that pool, and yeah. every creature, every monster, every enemy uh, has a challenge rating, and that just determines how many symbols you need to get um, in order to hit it with your gun. Right. So my skill for the heavy machine gun is grit. And again, that's zero successes with two luck. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll just turn that into one success again. One success. Okay, so some of the bullets uh, slam into the side of the bear, doing some damage. What was the damage again? Was it three? Damage is four piercing. Four, okay. So yeah, so bullets rake across the side of the bear um, and it snarls. And I'm going to roll a single die because uh, when you attack a creature and you successfully hit it, creatures have a chance to react. And they do that by rolling a skill die, and each creature responds on a react table, depending on how dangerous they are and what type of creature they are. Um, so, going to roll that for the bear. And the bear, you've got its attention, and it pulls its snarling jaws up from um, its prey, and it begins to lumber towards you and gets to the foot of the steps. Um, and that's its reaction. Um, for being hit, so it's a bit closer towards you now. So, who would like to go next? Unless you would like to move Diane, because um, you haven't moved, so you can... Um, so I'll just kind of, I'll back away a little bit and move just sort of around the side, so I still have a, like a clear shot, but um, just moving out of the direct path of the bear. Yeah. I'll go next. Okie dokie, Michaela. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna aim my pistol at the bear's eye and very specific yes <laughs> okay if you can shoot an animal in the eye it'll go directly to the brain so um so what would i be rolling for that i'll tell you what i'm gonna do because I, I like the flavor of this so i want you to roll a, a normal wit attack um for your pistol okay and then after that if you hit i want you to roll a luck check for me and that will determine where you potentially hit the bear okay so I got one success, I got two lucks and one wit. Okay, so I'm gonna say that bullet slams into one of the eyes um, of the bear and it howls um, with pain and that does double damage to the bear. Damn. Okay, and we're gonna call that a critical hit. And because you hit using luck, I want you to roll your luck pool again because this will be the critical success for luck, which has this particular effect. Okay. So I got three successes, two lucks, and three smarts. Oh, damn. And there's also a little dice with a star on it. What's that? 
Oh, that's the talent die. Three successes. Okay, cool. So you deal three additional wounds on top of dealing double damage um, because of Deluxe critical effect. How? Did I shoot more bullets? <laughs> uh, no, the bullet buried itself closer towards its brain. Um, <laughs> it's, I was just telling on how lucky you got. So um, this bear is now staggering around, um, kind of blood spurting from one of its eyes after you kind of blindly raised your pistol and, ah, and then fired a shot off and somehow shot it in the eye from a considerable distance. Oh, hilarious. Cool. Would you like to move or do anything else? I'm going to just gonna look around. Like, oh, uh, great. And I'm just trying to look at, at um, Diana for approval. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking back very confused, like, huh, maybe maybe she's not so useless after all. Yeah, I pat, I pat McCann on the back and says, good job. Thanks. Do I need to get out of the way of the staggering bear? Probably. Or am I far enough away? You mentioned I was a bit of a distance. But that does remind me, as you hit the bear, I have to roll its reaction die. And mm. it does nothing. Ah. You don't. You didn't trigger a reaction, so it roars and stags around in pain, but it does not charge closer towards you. So how how far away is the bear from us at the moment, now that it's kind of started to lumber towards us? Probably about 20 feet away. So the, the professor can see... Um, uh, a man in need, as it were, now that the uh, the bear has become less interested in the, the person it was mauling. So what uh, the professor's going to try and do is sort of uh, sidle around the bear that seems to be probably, I imagine, quite interested in biting Michaela after it got shot in the eye. Uh, and I'm going to go and see if I can administer some medical aid to this, uh, to this poor chap that's been attacked by a bear. Uh, I'll tell you what, Prof. Roll a wit check for me to try and stealth around the oh, bear. the professor is not very sneaky <laughs> uh, one success one success um you very wisely sneak around on the side where it's been blinded in one eye and it does not notice you and you don't draw its ire so you manage to get around your man where you find a guy in a kind of goose down big puffer jacket um and loads of heavy winter kind of clothing with massive claw marks um through his coat and bleeding profusely lying down in the snow groaning softly what would you like to do? Can I just uh, attempt to kind of... Dr- is there, like, a, uh, a any buildings or anything that I could maybe kind of pull him out of the line of sight of the bear so I can kind of get him to safety? Yeah, there's, like, a uh, large porch of the local church that's opposite the pub uh, ah, that you could kind of drag him across. Sanctuary! <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go underneath his arms and, and pull him towards the porch of the church and then... Um, I'll, I'll probably administer aid to him at some point. Okay. Yeah, um, you you drag his body through the snow, leaving a long red streak as you kind of pull him as softly as you can up the steps uh, into the safety of the church's porch. And that's going to be the professor's turn. So who would like to go next? I think I'll go next. Um, hmm. I'll, I'll use my special skill, Demon's Claw. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have to roll... I have to roll strange against a CR of one, I believe, and then I can mm-hmm. deal four damage if I'm successful. Um, uh, yes. At the cost of one wound and three doom. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. God. And okay, so I've got one success. One success, and that that hits. So that's three on the doom clock, which takes us to five minutes past doom. You also feel your body become weaker as you take one wound, as you summon this dark power, 
as a large spectral claw forms around your floppy, uh, straight-jacketed hand. Um, and in replacement of a hand that you can't see covered by a sleeve, a huge kind of glowing purple demon's claw appears and you rake it um, across the bear, um, dealing it free damage. Nice bionics! Thank you, yes. I also have a... My father's actually a demon and he's trapped inside of me and will destroy the world if I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> You're such a kidder. <laughs> yeah, kidding. You are cut short as your attack occurred in reaction and a massive paw slams into your face, sending oh. you careening backwards into the wall of the pub, um, dealing you one blunt wound. Oof, okay. Uh, I'm definitely weakened. Z! I'm okay. Oh. And as the bear roars in your face, um, Captain Russell um, cocks his shotgun, puts it to the head of the bear, and I'm going to roll for Captain Russell. He rolls a success and blasts a massive circular hole in the bear's head. And with a groan, it slumps down its head with its eyes, well, one eye rolling back into its head, falls in between your legs, Z, blood pouring out of its mouth and pooling in front of you. And you have defeated the polar bear. Yuri's still, like, loading his harpoon gun. <laughs> you, you, you hear a click and a, ha-ha, success! Oh, dear. <laughs> Yuri always misses out on fun due to archaic technology. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Love it. Um, so he kind of brushes off the, you know, debris from around him and stands up, kind of cracks a few of his bones and says, oh my gosh, I hurt so much. I'm going to walk up to him. I still got my gun out and I'm just going to go real close to him and just sort of press the machine gun into his chest and say, what the hell are we dealing with here? Demon father. <laughs> Happens a lot. I kind of glance over to the professor to gauge his reaction to this. So I, I, the professor hasn't actually seen much of um, the fighting that's happened. He's kind of down in this porch with this person um, administering. Can I? Can the professor oh, right. deal? Just um, can I make a roll to try and administer enough aid to stabilize this poor bear victim? Yeah, that's do, do, do a smart roll and let's see if this guy bleeds to death. Uh, <laughs> that's two successes. Yeah, you managed to stabilize him and. Uh, he, he stops the flow of blood and he stabilizes. Uh, Captain Russell looks over to you, Diane, giving Z a hard time, says, I mean, it was some mighty strange business, but um, and he kind of nudges the large, fluffy corpse at his feet. I mean, it did get results. You wouldn't want to fail now, would you, Lieutenant? Of course not, sir. Just want to know what we're dealing with here. Well, if, if it helps, the professor knows more. He told me that he made me using sugar and spice and everything weird in a black cauldron, but he could have been lying. I think that's definitely a lie, son. I'm sorry. Oh. So um, uh, now that I've stabilized this poor bear victim, I'm uh, the professor's going to come back over and join uh, the rest of the group. Oh, well, uh, that was rather close call. Uh, make a jolly fine rug, though. Um, what did I miss? Professor, maybe you could enlighten us as to this person's abilities. Yeah, Professor, apparently I wasn't made with sugar and spice and everything weird. I think it's nice. You're thinking of nice. Sugar and nice and everything weird. <laughs> I don't think 
I don't think that works. You're right. I don't know what I was thinking. So, um, uh, well, I, 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 I still don't remember Z, um, from the lab, but if he, maybe he was a, a subject under another one of my colleagues, um, but uh, we were doing experiments, um, to enhance certain, um, certain strengths and abilities in, a in, in, in people, and, um, by the looks of it, he's a, a very big, strong man, boy. Uh, and uh, it, 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 I mean, what, 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 what's just happened? This bear appears to be very dead, but um, I, I have to say, I, 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 I missed most. He of... claims to be possessed by a demon father. Oh, demons! Is that demons. possible? Mm, yes. Well, uh, possibly with some kind of a spiritual amplification, I could imagine that uh, so some powers might manifest themselves in in our boy Z here. Z flexes. There's not okay. much muscle there. Yeah. <laughs> Can we see anything through the coat? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <Down>. <laughs> <laughs> just really, just holding up his arms. Yeah. I'll I'll lower my gun and and back away, um, and just. Say, as long as you can keep it under control. Yes, ma'am. Z, are you psychic? Um, not today. That's usually on Saturdays. <laughs> what day is it today? <laughs> Yuri is um crouched down by the bear, um, examining its side, and he kind of looks up all and goes, "You're all a very interesting group of Americans. Very different from the others I have seen and the ones on television. You are not like the bunch in Happy Days." <laughs> Thank you. Well, he's not actually American, so... Nor am I, apparently. And I look at everybody. (laughs) Are you undocumented? I'm not sure. Think I came from space? Hey, Yuri does not judge and he definitely does not ask questions, which is probably why you hired me. But, um, this bear, it's strange. It has odd injuries on side, um... I mean... Odd injuries? For a bear this big to come into town is very, very bizarre. Uh, I'll go and uh, have a look at the injuries that he's mentioning. Yeah, um, you crouch down by the side and you kind of sweep the fur to one side. You see there seem to be large gashes um, along its side. Like something's clawed it. Something bigger than a bear. Something's clawed it down its side. Something that would, in theory, be much bigger than the bear itself. I ain't the smartest tool in the shed, but we had a lot of... We had quite a hard time defeating this thing, and it's got claw marks That's what you call a hard time? Well, I was thrown away. That's what I would call a hard time, yeah. Can um, the professor take a look at the wounds and uh, see if he can identify where they might have come from? Absolutely. Go for it. Uh, I get two successes. Okay... So examining the wounds on the side of the polar bear, from your knowledge of biology and creatures that exist on this planet, the only thing you could surmise is that something that was long extinct would be the only thing that exists on this planet that could inflict damage of that size or scale. It's either from this planet and doesn't exist anymore, or it's from somewhere else. Well, um, these are some rather peculiar-looking wounds. I, 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 quite frankly, can't even work out what they're from. Um, but whatever it was, must be jolly large to 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 have done such damage to such a big bear. Well, it's not here, so we don't need to worry about that now. Yeah, that's very true. Uh... This one, this one has right thinking. We kill bear. Thing that attack bear is not here. If it is coming here, we leave. I suggest we go to dock and get on boat and continue on merry way. 
I agree. Boat is warm. Yes, Yuri? Is is, is the boat warm? Relatively. I'll take it. Uh, I look to the captain, but the question is, where is the thing that did this? Well, hopefully not on the boat, so let's go. The captain gives you a smile, Michaela, as you walk away, and he looks towards you, Diana, after Michaela's out of his shot and says, I have a concern that we're um, probably about to find out. So do I. Well, let's best get moving. Light doesn't last long up here. Um, and you can all follow Yuri, uh, who is kind of waving enthusiastically for you to follow him to the dock. What secrets lie in wait for our heroes on the Morning Star? If Yuri doesn't drown them on the way, that is. What creatures might lurk? What darkness might encroach? Find out on the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. Hello, hello, and a third hello. We hope you had fun listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to check out the links to the Shiver Kickstarter below. It really is an amazing game, and if you pledge now, you can even get their super unique set of dice. If you like what you hear, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at dfyt underscore podcast, on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, and through email at dfytpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you have some free time, drop us a rating and review on iTunes. It means so much to us, and every single rating goes a long way to helping us increase our reach and to share the RPG love. Till next time, keep your towels at the ready! Thank you.